Hello, this is David George, here with another another show for Southern Lingo Definition. <clears throat> the ones I'm going to go over today are fixing to. Fixing to is something that you're about to do, okay? When you're fixing to do something, it just means that you are getting ready to do this, okay? Preparing yourself whatever task you're about to take over whether it's large or small <clears throat> I'm fixing to go to the store means I'm getting ready to go to the store or the market fixing to can be can also be written as fitna or finna for those who want to lie the two words together and make life even simpler you don't believe Fat grease is meaty, fat meat is, excuse me, let me try that again. You don't believe fat meat's greasy? <clears throat> well, this person wrote, when I was a child, I always thought the saying was, you don't mean fat means greasy. But either way, it means you're hard-headed. Usually used to describe a person who's been warned about something but went ahead and did it anyway. A roundabout way of saying, I told you so. Next one is, ugly as homemade sin. This is my favorite. Uh, this lady said, when I was a girl, I heard my mother say this, but I never knew what homemade sin was. So you can use your imagination on this. What homemade, what's homemade? and sinful. Yep, my grandmother took country cousin to a whole nother level with this phrase. The next one, fit to be tied. This is an idiom as it does not describe a person or thing who literally should be tied up. Let's discuss the meaning of the idiom fit to be tied where it came from and first few examples of sentences including the phrase fit to be tied okay when someone is fit to be tied <clears throat> that means they're angry that means they're very angry okay I went to tell my I told my told my nephew about something and it left him fit to be tied so that's what that means. Here's a little uh, comedy thing that I found on the internet. Give me a home where the rednecks roam and the hillbillies drink shine all day where seldom is heard a true English word and redneck go mud dogging all day. Another idiom, a deer in the headlights look. If you've ever seen anyone who is surprised or shocked, or maybe <clears throat> doesn't expect something to happen, and they have that look when their eyes are wide open and their mouth is kind of open, and they look like they can't believe what just happened that is a deer in the headlight book 
So whenever you hear that word, you think about someone with their eyes bugged out wide open and their mouth open and they look so shocked and surprised. That's what's happening. That's that deer in the headlight look. Out of kilter. This is one of those things that I told you about on one of my other podcasts. A colloquialism. Uh, it's a relaxed way of saying something. Out of kilter means not right. Or it's out of sorts. For example, John was out of kilter for a while when he was relocated to New York. It's a sort of way of saying you're out of... You're kind of... Uh, if you've ever had jet lag, where when you get off a plane and you're, you don't really know uh, what time it is or when it's time to go to bed or whatever, that means you're out of kilter. That's what that word means. Piddling, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. I do this quite a bit. My wife says I piddle a lot. It's uh, <clears throat> something that you do when you're just really not trying to do a lot. Okay, it's small or inferior. His work only gave him a piddling, 1% raise, a function or adverb. For example, poorly, poorly. Example, she felt piddling, so she didn't go to school. Now, this is not exactly what I was talking about. This is something that I got off the internet. Um, this is exactly what I'm what I mean. To waste time. Example, he spent all his time piddling and never got anything done. That means when when a guy goes out and just starts doing something that's really not something that's gonna be good for his time like if he's just out there looking at the car lift the hood up look at the car check the oil just kind of mess around with it and not really get anything done that's piddling that's when you're wasting time pretty p-u-r-d-y have you ever heard anybody say pretty well, actually, what they're saying is that something is pretty. P-R-E-T-T-Y. Uh, example of someone says, Oh, I wouldn't mess with her. She's pretty mad. Uh, well, how you doing today? Well, I'm pretty good. That's what that means. Reckon. Reckon is a verb. Okay, it's an etymology. Middle English reckoning from Old English reckoning, as in, I'm not sure what that word is, to narrate. Akin to English reckon. Date 13th century. Count example to reckon the day till Christmas. Uh, means to count. To regard or think of as or consider. To think or suppose. Example, I reckon I've outlived my time. 
and it's from Glasgow. <clears throat> now here's something you don't hear a lot about. Redneck caviar. That's a noun. And it actually means it's potted meat. Redneck caviar is potted meat. Scarce as hen's teeth. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just funny. Uh, scarce as hen's teeth. That is a colloquialism. And it means it is rare or scarce. It means that, you know, if you don't see something, if it's not there very often, it's scarce as hen's teeth. Here's one that I'm sure everybody knows. <clears throat> show no. S-H-O apostrophe N-U-F-F. Show no. It actually means sure enough. That's just a hillbilly way of saying sure enough. Show no. I'm going down through here. I don't want to use them all right now because I want to use them some of them later, but uh Ah, here's a good one. And I may have to end it up with this. I'm going on 10 minutes. Tarred and feathered. T-A-R-R-E-D and feathered. <clears throat> this refers to the practice of tarring and feathering people who committed small crimes such as distilling or colonial in colonial America and in England. Today, it is often used to denote great surprise. Example, I'll be tarred and feathered, that dog just flew. So that's what that means. It means total surprise. Okay, tell you what, I'm going to end it right there today. And like I said, I'm going to go over some, some funny things that I got. Right at the last, right here. Um, and today we're going to go over some of the uh, some of the things I may have already gone over I'm not sure if I have get another laugh <clears throat> own O-W-N own turn them lights on or help H-E-P. Help! There's a far. Oz. H-A-Z. I can't see nothing out of these eyes. There you go. And I think we went over this one the other night, but I think I kind of messed it up, so I'm going to do it again. Months. M-U-N-T-S. Months. It's been four months since I heard from my brother. Alright. I'm going to let it go with that. And we'll see you next time. Just a little preview. At some point in time, I'm going to be going and specializing in each state. Each southern state. Uh... Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, 
Kentucky, Georgia, uh, and some of their slang and things that they do. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun, believe me. I've got a lot of material on that, and we're going to be going through that and seeing a lot of that, and, and I hope you're here for it, because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just telling you now. All right. Well, that's it for me. We will see you next time. And remember, let's get her done. Hello. It's me again. Uh, we're going to be going over some more Southern lingo and the definitions. David George here from my shop and the first one today we're going to be going over is Junebug. Junebug is a noun. The date for this one it started in 1829 and a Junebug is any of numerous rather large leaf-eating scarab beetles that flies chiefly in late spring and have larvae that are white grubs which live in soil and feed chiefly on the roots of grasses and other plants, also called June beetles. Next, we're going to be going to Oki, O-K-I-E, or O-K-I-E, or Sooner, S-O-O-N-E-R. This is a noun, and this is anyone that's a resident or native of Oklahoma. <clears throat> You've ever heard the song done by uh, Merle Hatter or any of the other country singers, Oki from Muskogee? That's what they're talking about. An Oklahoma resident. And here's one I'm sure that most everybody's heard. Slower than molasses. Well, this comes from to move or function in a slow, sloth-like way especially compared to cooking molasses in a slow cooker. If you've ever seen molasses and you've tried to pour it out of a jar, you know exactly what we're talking about because it is slow. <clears throat> and I don't think there's anybody in the South that hasn't heard this or said it. Hold your horses. That means hold on or be patient. If you've ever been talking to somebody and you're, you're wanting them to hurry up and they look at you and say, well, hold your horses. I'll get to it in a minute. That's what they're talking about. Cotton picking minute. Who hasn't heard this at one time or another? A cotton picking minute would last the exact amount of time it took the regular person to pick a basket of cotton. This is approximately 1.31 minutes per person. Used in conversation as an intensifier or adds emphasis. Wait a cotton picking minute. Wait a cotton picking minute. Whenever, if, if you've ever talking to somebody and they say something those are two phrases you can use. Hold your horses or wait a cotton picking minute. 
And down south, you hear people say this a lot. If you go up to their house and you, you greet them with a hello, and they greet you with a hello, and they're on the porch, they'll come and they'll tell you to come sit a spell. Come and sit a spell. That means come down, come and sit down for a little bit. To either carry on a conversation or have tea or whatever might be going on at that particular time. That's what they're talking about, though. Come sit a spell. And this is one that I'm sure that some of you, I've used this, a lot of other people use this. Take your own sweet time. That means to use as much time as is needed, not a rush. can also be used in tone of exasperation because an individual is not moving fast enough or with purpose. Take your own sweet time. Oh, just take your own sweet time. That's fine. Once in a blue moon. I've always wondered what a blue moon was. Even, even though I've said this before. What is once in a blue moon? Okay. <clears throat> well, this is it. Owing to the rarity of a blue moon, the term blue moon is used colloquially to mean a rare event. Okay, so if something happens like just ever so often, like the fair or going to an event, and it only happens just ever so often, that's once in a blue moon. When are we going to the fair? Well, you know that only happens once in a blue moon. So that's what that means. And here's one. That everyone in the South uses. I don't care where you're from. I don't care if you're from Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, Georgia. I don't care where you're from. Everyone uses this in a month of Sundays. If you've ever wondered what a month of Sundays is, well, I'm about to tell you. The expression a month of Sundays was first used in 1832. It originally meant a long, dreary time since games and other kinds of amusement were forbidden on Sunday. Now it is used hyperbole to mean a very long time. So if you hadn't seen anybody in a while, like, you know, three or four, five, six months, and they walk up to you, and you both greet each other happily, say, well, I had seen you in a month of Sundays. Well, that's what that means. You had not seen him in a long time. And I'm going to save this next one for when I do Alabama. Because I used to live in Alabama. We used to say this a lot, a lot in Alabama. <clears throat> and this next one is one that uh, some people use, but not a lot of people. Going to hell in a handbasket. This means to de deteriorate easily and rapidly or beyond hope. If something is just wasting away and you can't stop it or something's happening that you can't stop or that you can't back up and redo or it's just not going your way, well, it's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh... I'm going to save that one for uh, another time, too. 
Okay. Precious. Describing something cute and or pathetic. Sometimes used with undertones of irony, but more often used in earnest when describing something small and or adorable. That's just precious or cute. Yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. Used with every with anyone and everyone, especially people who are more than five years older than you. Or that you are not well acquainted with. Can be used in innumerable numbers, number of times without being redundant. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am is a form of being uh, polite, a form of respect. And it's something a lot of children in the South need to learn to say a lot more. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am is something that my parents taught me uh, very early in life. And they taught me that uh, saying yes, sir, and yes, ma'am was respectful to my elders. Could you excuse me just a second? Um, should or shouldn't. This means a term of endearment that is also an acceptable title of strangers. Commonly used in restaurants when used by the waitress. That's all I've got for right now. And we're going to move on to the next episode.